Uh, my name is uh, Apose Milani. I direct the Iranian Studies Program here at Stanford. Uh, let me begin by uh, welcoming you all to our first event of the spring. We just also had, as you know, the Persian New Year. So happy Nowruz to those of you who celebrate, and happy Vernal Equinox to those who will celebrate in future. Uh, I'm not going to give you a list of all our upcoming events. There is a uh, list, you can pick it up uh, outside. And if you're not on our waiting list, on our mailing list, uh, we will put you on our waiting list uh, and send you on our mailing list. Uh, th these are only to inform you about our upcoming events. Uh, somebody is trying to get on the list. Uh, tell them we'll be glad to add, add them. Uh, let me just tell you about our next two events. Thursday, April 9th, we have Soli Shahwar visiting from Israel. He has written a book called Modernity, the Baha'i Faith and the Question of Modern Education in Late Qajar and Early Pahlavi Iran. He'll be talking about his book. The event is in English. And then Thursday, May 7th, we have Hussein Amanat visiting to talk about the quintessential architectural monument of 20th century Iran, the Shahyat uh, bridge that he designed. So uh, these two events are the next two events that I think you should uh, put on your calendar. We have a couple of other events coming up in our Festival of uh, Iranian Arts. Uh, and if you are on our uh, list, we will be glad to send you announcement. I want to offer a special welcome to all of you for coming, but also to Kate Wall, the editor-in-chief of Stanford University Press. Her interest in this important novel was critical in the book's expeditious publication. Stanford has never published a novel before, and because of her interest and uh, affection for this book, Stanford, has now, Stanford University Press has now uh, launched a series of works of fiction, and this novel is the first, and I think it will remain the best. Uh, Kate has played a critical role in rapidly making Stanford University Press a premier publishing house for scholarly and now fictional books about Iran and the Middle East. And now about our author tonight. It is uh, truly my singular pleasure and privilege to introduce to you Bahiyeh Nahjavani. Let me begin where I should have ended. In my view, there is no fiction writer of Iranian origin writing in English who has her mastery of English prose, her enticing sense of narrative. Her parsimony in all she writes is matched only by the elegance of her language and the acuity of her observations. She is as unsparing in observing and chronicling our human foibles as she is in moving us away from facile judgments about them. The book that is the subject of our discussion tonight is about the life of Qurratul Ain, one of the most remarkable women in the modern history of Iran. I think everyone who has ever read a work by Bahiyeh marvels at her masterful structure and plot development. Everyone craves for more and laments that by now we only have three of her novels. We could have thus called tonight 
a conversation with the woman who writes too little about a woman who read too much. <laughs> All three of her novels are about the history of Iranian and Middle East in the last half of 19th century. Though anchored to an intimate knowledge of the age, her narrative has invariably the pith and precision of poetry, the depth and rigor of scholarship, and always the engrossing suspense of a great yarn. Please join me in welcoming Bahiyeh Nakhchavani. After her talk and some question and answer, she has kindly agreed to sign copies of her book. There is food and drink for your drinking coffee and sandwich pleasure. Thank you and join me in welcoming Bahiyeh. begin to speak after an introduction like that. You'll be weighing every word I utter and realizing its worthlessness. I would really, I cannot begin without thanking, first of all, Professor Milani for the immense honor of this opportunity to return to Stanford. And to also thank not only the Iranian Studies Program for that hospitality, but also the sponsorship of the endowment in Persian Letters and the Amin Banoni Memorial Fund. I would like particularly to add my thanks to Kate Wall, without whom, as he has said, this book would not exist. And it has been an absolute joy to meet her and to realize that she is truly an editor of great works to come. And you must keep your eyes on the fiction imprint at Stanford University Press. What usually happens at the beginning of any lecture of this kind is that we start with the thanks and then we go on to the apologies. And I have to first apologize for the, for the title of this lecture. Um, I didn't mean to suggest that Persian women lied. And when my father heard that I had chosen this title, he got terribly worked up and said, but they'll think you are lying. So that will be really a bad start. So my apologies for that, and I hope that I will explain it in due course. And after the thanks and the apologies, the usual customary process here is to give you an anecdote, especially in light of your expectation of my being a liar. <laughs> so I have to start by assuring you that what I'm going to tell you is hard, solid fact and not only fiction. And the way we become accustomed to doing that in writing as well as in speech is that we invariably start with an anecdote, if you notice. There has to be something based on time, place, action, characters. When did something happen? Where did it happen? Who did it? And what were the consequences? And as soon as you do that, it's very journalistic, of course, everybody feels comfortable. We feel as if we're going to talk about real things. And this has been established not only by journalists, but by some very great writers. Gabriel Garcia Marquez does it, Nabokov did it, and of course, Stephen Greenblatt made it a high form of literary 
literary criticism to start by telling us that in 1595 or 48 a ship happened to draw into the harbour and at that point something critical happened and we all knew that we would have Shakespeare with us. So I'm going to start with an anecdote as well. Actually, I'm going to do the typical Persian thing, and I'm going to have several anecdotes, one leading into the other. And the first one is, is of course, the one that you're all expecting, so I'll start with that to get rid of it. In 1848, they say, in a remote province of Mazandaran, a woman came into a public place without her veil on. You knew I was going to say that, right? That is basically all we all think whenever we mention the name of Tahira Goratulain. That is the anecdote that somehow symbolizes the entire life of this woman. I'm going to go on with another anecdote because it's closely linked. It's closely linked to the other time I came to Stanford. So it's got a very personal connection with my being here. It was about 1978, I think, and I was in, uh, maybe it was a little bit earlier, no, round about then, I was in Smith College uh, checking out my, my sources for a doctorate on peeping toms, and there was going to be a lecture, and I was very excited I was going to go to it, and a woman was coming to give this lecture on the subject of Tahra Qoratul Ain. So, of course, there was an auditorium like this, there were approximately 50 people gathered, and we were all waiting. We were waiting for that iconic story in 1848, in a remote province of, etc. And we waited, and we waited, and 45 minutes went by, and this person never showed up. Now, I have to tell you, she was a little bit eccentric. Her name was Marzia Gale. She had a Persian diplomatic father, she had a blue-blooded Bostonian mother, and the marriage between this unlikely couple in 1904 was the very first marriage between an American and a Persian Baha'i. And the offspring of this conjunction was this remarkable